You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, Stitcher, Alexa, all the different places where you can get your podcast from, you can get Locked On Pelicans. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, credential member of the media, and just all-around Pelicans insider. Here with you all on this Wednesday, day after the Pelicans go down 0-2 in a tough-fought loss to the Golden State Warriors where they fell 121-116. Golden State holds serve at home, and the series is now going to shift to New Orleans where you still got to take care of business. And if you win one or two of these here, you can maybe get one on the road and potentially win this in six or seven games because New Orleans played very well tonight. Again, a 121-116 loss. And yeah, it was that close. And the Pelicans were in it until the final couple of minutes in this one and never gave up. You got to be happy about that. We're going to recap what happened, where the Pelicans played well, where they didn't, And yes, you guys, I'm going to touch on officiating and not in the normal kind of balanced tone I like to take with that. Yeah, I'll I'll be kind of balanced here, but you're right. I didn't think this was particularly good, not to the egregiousness that some of you take it, but you're right. And I'm saying this, I didn't think it was that great. And we will talk about it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So let's get the normal recappy stuff out of the way here because some of that's going to come into play later when we talk about the officiating and all of that. So it was a 121-116 victory for the Golden State Warriors. They took care of business at home. They did what they were supposed to do. And Alvin Gentry said as much after the game. He said, all they did was do what they should have done, which was win at home. And we can go back to New Orleans, do what we need to do, and make this a 2-2 series. And they will be coming back for Friday and Sunday, wrecking your Jazz Fest plans if that's what you wanted to do during those days. Because playoff basketball is way more important important. Don't forget that. Of course it is. Jazz Fest is every year. We don't get playoff basketball every year. So these are going to be fun home games. So again, 121-116. Biggest lead Golden State had was 13. And there were a couple of times when they looked like Golden State where they went on big runs, but the Pelicans answered every single time. And it wasn't until late in the fourth that you kind of felt this one, yeah, it was probably done and not going to go the Pelicans way. And even then they battled until the very, very end. I don't think the Pelicans as a team are going to look at this as a moral victory. And I said on Twitter, I don't think playoff teams have moral victories when you lose in a second round series or a first round series or whenever. But I think, you know, from my perspective, this is a moral victory for this team. They played incredibly hard in this one and they had a chance to win. And maybe they're going to lament that they didn't. But no one expected him to win this series. Most people are expecting it to be five games. That's my personal prediction. But the fact that they were in position to steal one on the road is damn impressive. And I think it's as simple as that. So that's my moral victory there. So. On the night, let's talk about Golden State first. Steph Curry was back, came off the bench, put up some incredible, incredible numbers. That dude changes a game tremendously, not just with his scoring. And in 27 minutes, he put up 28 points on just 15 shots and was plus 26 on the night. That's an incredible stat. Uh, You look at the bench scoring numbers, by the way, in this one, and it's like, oh my God, the Pelicans got killed there. 
And then you realize, oh, okay, actually, no, that more has to do with Steph Curry coming off the bench. And that's why those numbers are so skewed. Uh, but he was a game changer. And the court gravity and everything he does out there really affects the Pelicans. You could see they were terrified of him shooting and beating him. It was 5 of 10 from deep, by the way. 7 of 7 from the free throw line. So he changed the game coming off the bench, and the Pelicans really had no answer for him. And they didn't have a lot of answers for these guys defensively. Kevin Durant had 29 points. Klay Thompson was 4 of 20 on the night for just 10. Iguodala with 15. They started Nick Young again, who only played 11 minutes. It was a weak part for him. Minus 11. He was the weakest link of this entire Golden State Warriors team. And it took until the second and third quarters for the Pelicans to really go after him, which was a bit disappointing to see. That is something we talked about in yesterday's adjustments podcast and something they didn't do enough of when he was out there. You saw Etwan Moore hit back-to-back threes over him in this game game and that was the way you needed to get this done Draymond Green was fantastic for the Golden State Warriors as annoying as that dude is by the way and yeah it's annoying he had 20 points 12 assists nine rebounds one rebound shy of a triple double his defense on Anthony Davis legit is very very good at times and very clean I will say that and he is just a disruptor and the Pelicans need to figure out how to deal with him because he is maybe kind of the X factor here for Golden State in this series. For the Pelicans, Anthony Davis played almost 43 minutes in this one. He was 12 of 24 from the field for 25 points, 15 boards, and 5 assists. He didn't have an assist in Game 1 when they doubled him and got the ball out of his hands and kind of created an issue, but you saw him passing better in this one. We'll talk about why in a minute here. Drew Holiday in 46 and a half minutes of this this one, you guys, a minute and a half of rest, one minute, 27 seconds to be exact. Also, 24 shot attempts, hit 11 of them, was two of nine from three. That's not good for 24 points. He had eight assists to go with just two turnovers and eight rebounds. He was great. Uh, Rajon Rondo, 38 minutes, 22 points, 12 assists, seven turnovers, not ideal there, but he was actually really key off the ball. Again, we'll talk about all this. It kind of goes hand in hand with what was going on with Anthony Davis. Miritich did what he could. 18 points in this one. 3 of 8 from deep. He's got to shoot a little bit better than that, I think, uh, for the Pelicans to kind of have a chance. Yet each one more play almost 36 minutes. We was 4 of 8 from 3. There you go. 14 points on the night. And then the rest of the bench really did not do much for New Orleans. Solomon Hill in almost 10 minutes of action was bad. 0 for 3 from deep. 1 of 6 from the field overall for just 2 points. And ugh, some bad defense there at times. Darius Miller was out there playing a little too passively. 17 minutes, finished with just five points. Ian Clark only got six minutes of run, was a non-factor. Check Diallo got four and a half minutes and did not look good during that time as well, even though he did have two rebounds and four points. On the night, and this is the big stat here, New Orleans had 66 points in the paint compared to just 38 for Golden State. When they were playing inside-out basketball, this team was doing a very good job. And they were keeping up with Golden State, and that's playing in transition, getting out and running, getting good, easy looks at the rim. Because we saw in Game 1, this Golden State Warriors defense is terrifying when they get back and they get set. So you want to get out and you want to run against them where you have man advantages, mismatches, what have you, to get those high-quality shots at the rim. They were able to do that. The pace in this, let me see if I can pull it up if it's out yet. It wasn't when I started recording this. Let's see if we've got it here. Um, Seemed to be very high. Yep, it was. 112.42 on the night. That is an insane pace. The Pelicans, I think, led the regular season with like a 104 pace. 
So it shows you how fast both these teams were playing in this one. And that's fine. It's not playing into the Warriors' advantage because New Orleans isn't going to score in the half court against them, so there's no point in trying to grind it out. Get out and run. New Orleans had 39 fast break points. Golden State had 26. You won that battle. That's a great thing. That also leads to points in the paint for you and easy looks. Then when they were in the half court, getting the ball to Davis down low was the way to go. Getting into the lane and being aggressive and attacking, which you saw from Drew Holiday early on, is what they needed. And then when they did slow it down, they were able to kind of make these runs because there was much better off-ball movement for New Orleans. It opened up their three-point shots a little bit. They didn't shoot particularly well from three in the first. They were, I think, four of 20, something like that, five of 20, just 20 percent from deep in the first half they rebounded with that a little bit better 13 of 37 on the night they did mostly what you wanted them to do it and I think this is maybe one of those things and I just finished recording locked on NBA and I said it in there you know New Orleans gave Golden State a really good punch here and they came out swinging playing their ball playing aggressively and you couldn't have asked for much more than them maybe one area which we'll talk about shortly and it still wasn't able to beat this team and there's no shame in losing to the Warriors here with how good they are and that's why I see this as a moral victory for New Orleans because they played damn good basketball last night and this Warriors team is just you know maybe the best all-time roster ever assembled what are you supposed to do just go out and do your best and I think you can say New Orleans definitely did that last night. So we'll talk about some of the good stuff we saw and some of the bad coming up in the next segment here, and then we'll wrap it up with the officiating. But don't forget, Locked On NBA is five days a week right now, and I co-host every Wednesday edition of it along with John Krause of Locked On Celtics. We recap all the games before, preview the upcoming games, and talk about the biggest topics going on around the NBA. It's Paul George in today's edition. So make sure you subscribe and listen to Locked On NBA Daily. Get caught up on what's going on around the league and become a smarter NBA fan. So, like I said, there was a lot of good for New Orleans last night, and you really can't complain about much of what they did. And one of the big things was Rondo coming up big for the Pelicans in an unexpected way. You expect floor general Rondo, the assist, and he had 12 on the night, but his scoring was pretty good, 22 points. And he did that mostly, not mostly, some of it, by cutting and working off ball, and that's what you wanted to see from him. They needed a lot of that in game after game one. In game one, he the Warriors just backed off of him and just dared him to shoot. And it compressed the offense. When he had the ball and was initiating and they were just letting him do whatever and just stand out on the open, daring him to shoot and taking five guys to defend four, putting an extra guy on Davis or Holiday during that time, it compresses your offense. It's going to make you less efficient. And obviously, just thinking about the math there, you're not going to look very good during that time. And they didn't. And we saw them have stretches where it was bad basketball. But you didn't see that case now in this game. You had Drew Holiday being the primary ball handler a little bit more in this one. And Rondo working off ball. He was following Drew Holiday on his attacks to the rim so that Holiday could dump it off to him on like a behind-the-back pass. You saw when Anthony Davis was trying to post up Draymond Green and the other defenders, Rondo darting through the lane when they were just leaving him wide open. He had space to work to get into the paint, get a pass from Davis, Holiday, whoever, I think um, even some Solomon Hill gave a no-look dish to him at one point. Maybe it was him or maybe it was Holiday, someone. And that got him an easy shot at the rim that he converted to get points for the Pelicans. That's what you want to see out of Rondo. 22 points from him is a lot. And a lot of that was because of the off-ball work that he did. More ball movement, a much more fluid offense in the half court. And that led to the Pelicans putting up the points they did. 116 on the night's 
a good number there, and I think you have to be pretty happy with that. It was also three of four from deep. You're not always going to see that from him, but when he's shooting, he can make teams pay, and it almost cost the Golden State Warriors this game. They needed Steph Curry in this one, and the Pelicans, you know, couldn't really do much there. That's one of the bad things, kind of. You look at it there. He was eight of 15 on the night, five of 10 from deep. 28 points and oh man he just changes the game and they were a little too worried about him at times and it kind of created some bad basketball other bad basketball that you saw though was the random offense uh, that Anthony Davis talked about the other day and if you haven't heard his quotes he said in game one we basically just played random basketball didn't go in with a plan didn't execute and do what we want to be doing we just played some random things and you saw kind of them go to their first good look um, offense where if there was an open three, they were going to take it early on in the shot clock, particularly when they're playing at their fastest in the second and third quarters. And that wasn't the best. You needed to work for a better shot. We know this isn't a great three-point shooting Pelicans team. 23-point attempts in the first half is a lot for them. There's a reason they only made four or five. I'm not going to pull the numbers up right now. 20%, what is something like that. And it wasn't good for there we go I know how to do some simple math you guys and it wasn't good and you would have liked them to get more touches for Anthony Davis down low something like that during that time uh, and it would have been a big thing for him but they weren't they were just ripping shots early in the shot clock and it was kind of creating some more momentum for Golden State when New Orleans played inside out when they got out of that style of basketball that random basketball where people are taking shots you saw their offense work really well there's a reason they scored 66 points in the paint last night and that was because they were working the ball to create those things and you saw ball movement you saw guys cutting and passes being made and all of that was a tremendous thing and it kept New Orleans in this game until the very end of it this game was going to be a fight we knew that going into it and Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday pulled their weight did what they could yeah they had a combined um, what was it, almost 49 points on 48 shots. And that sounds like a struggle. But man, that's what they needed to do in this one to try and keep the Pelicans in it. And they were doing everything they could. Golden State's just a tough matchup. And, you know, sometimes just the better team's going to win. And I think that's what we're seeing here. The, the Pelicans just aren't on the level of this team. But they did have a chance to win this one. And I think, again, they're not going to look at it as a moral victory because it's going to hurt that you weren't able to pull this one out. But Draymond Green is the perfect foil and counter for Anthony Davis. Despite his really annoying antics, and I don't think there's a guy like less in the NBA than him. And that double technical call was pretty BS. And it didn't really look like Anthony Davis did much other than just trying to get up and Draymond Green kind of falling into him, holding his legs and everything, though, you know, Davis got part of him. But I think that was more on Green than anything else um, was a pretty bad call. You saw Steph Curry trip Anthony Davis as well. You know, that was maybe the dirtiest thing, though. I don't think Draymond Green was very dirty in this game where he was intentionally trying to hurt anyone. But he does a good job of keeping up with AD. And you saw AD get one or two lobs and dunks, but it's far less than what he normally does because Draymond Green does such a good job of limiting that verticality there. And it keeps him in check a little bit. It really does. Yeah, things are called a little bit differently in this. And, you know, I don't understand why Draymond doesn't get called for some of the stuff he does. The yelling in an opponent's faces, different things like that. It's very odd to me. But... At the same point, when you really watch his individual defense, that dude is outstanding. There's a reason he's a former defensive player of the year and always in that conversation. Even if he slipped a little bit this year, he's showing why in this series, keeping Anthony Davis in check like this. And though he was aggressive and able to get some points and get going, 
one, the Pels just need more from him, and I'm not sure there's much more he can do in this, uh, given the limitations that this team has versus the Warriors. But Draymond Green keeps him in check. It's kind of as simple as that. It's a bad matchup for the Pels here, and I'm going to keep saying that, and we're going to keep talking about it. But the Pelicans have to find a way to get him open in different looks or to get Draymond Green away from him. And I'm not sure what they can do to do that. It's not easy, particularly when you throw out some non-shooters like Solomon Hill, Ian Clark, who hasn't been shooting the ball particularly well with his jumper, or Rajon Rondo, who they're just sagging off of, and they don't really care. And then the length and everything of Green, of Clay Thompson, of Iguodala, of Durant really bothers Drew Holiday, who did a good job of getting into the paint and getting around those guys for the most part. But man, when they get doubled down low, that's an issue. And New Orleans needs to figure it out. They had more off-ball movement from Rondo in this one, but it clearly wasn't enough. They've got to find a way to kind of get over this hump. And maybe just shooting better at home would do it. If they shot a little bit better, they would have won this game. There's also another area they would have won this game. And we'll talk about that coming up right after the reset here. So, of course, we've got you covered on all things Pelicans during the series over at LockedOnPelicans.com. Make sure you read it daily where we have great content up there talking adjustments, roundtable pieces, everything you want to know about your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans, you can find over at LockedOnPelicans.com. So, yep, we got to do this. And I don't like this. You guys know me. I think I try and strike a very good balance between everything here, being a fan, being an analyst, and trying to take as neutral of an approach as I can to give you guys analysis that you want to hear that's valuable and that means something because I'm not just going to be complaining or or being a fan and and being biased in one way or the other. That's not going to make you a better NBA fan, going to make you a better Pelicans fan or anything like that. I wouldn't be in this position anyway if I was like that. So I don't want to come off like that but yeah the the refing in this series has been a little bit odd I don't think there's anything other you uh, than that that you can say and I asked John Corrales about this on Locked On NBA figure get a third party opinion on this who watched the game in the entirety of it and he agrees something a little bit weird is going on but he also said to be fair that you know it didn't look like there were a ton of calls that the refs obviously missed in this but when you get late into the fourth quarter and they finally called a hold on Steph Curry down within like under 2 minutes and that was their they still weren't in the bonus yet that's a bit surprising so on the night Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday combined and you guys know I don't need to make a big drum roll deal about this here they combined four Zero free throws. Yeah, that's odd. I won't lie there. They had, the Pelicans attempted nine on the night compared to just or compared to just compared to twenty-seven for Golden State. In Game One, Golden State took thirty-two compared to eleven for the Pelicans, and it was twenty-eight to eight, I think, um, after the first three quarters when finally calls started being a little bit more even. That's large, and that's. Two games in a row now, both in Golden State. And I think there's a difference that we need to make between the refs being bad and the refs being biased. I get a lot of tweets saying, hey, the refs want to keep Golden State in it. They want Golden State to win. I don't think that's really it. I think maybe they can just be bad but not be biased in this. I don't think there's some sort of conspiracy to keep a team down or let another team rise up. If you want to complain about them being bad, that's fine. You want to complain about the other stuff, I'm probably not going to listen to you guys or take you more seriously. But you can definitely, I think, 
you know, say the other stuff is valid. And I'm agreeing with you. This is not ideal. When you look at it, this is only the second time in AD's career that he's had at least 20 shots from the field without shooting a free throw. He did it one other time. It was last year, February 15th, in a win against the Memphis Grizzlies. That's according to Will Guillory. Um, Thomas Cooper, the Pelican stat guy, uh, also has been throwing some stuff out there about it that this isn't something that happens very often. And he had a really good stat on something here, and this is through April 30th of 2018 in the NBA uh, this season. A player has attempted 24 or more field goals in a game 319 times. 19 of those times, they did not attempt a free throw. So 19 out of 319. Tonight, or last night, the Pelicans had two in AD and Drew with 24 field goal attempts each and zero free throws attempted, and that's per basketball-reference.com. That's not ideal. I think basically you can say something is off here. And again, I don't think it's a conspiracy. I'm not going to entertain that. But something's off, and it could just be very bad officiating. And this isn't what you want to see if you're a Pelicans fan. And yeah, a couple more calls going their way getting to the line a little bit more, could have gotten them the victory. I mean, it was a five-point loss here. Getting to the line a little bit more or the normal that these guys average, and AD averages eight free throws attempted per 36 minutes. They played well over per you know 36 minutes in this game. Holiday, not so much in terms of drawing free throws. You know That's why in game three and four, I think it was mainly four, where he got to the line a lot, it was all of a big surprise in that Portland series because that's not something that he normally does. But AD does, and getting his eight free throws, which would have been under the average for the amount of minutes he played, would have maybe made a difference in this game. I'm not going to say definitely, but it would have made a difference. And the refs have to stop calling this BS stuff. And you've got to see the way Draymond just gets away with things. He does. There's no other way to put it. And it's annoying. But I'm not going to go overboard with this. Uh, you guys know me. I don't normally even talk about this stuff because I don't entertain it and I don't think of it because there's other things that are bigger deals and bigger factors in all of this. But yeah, this game was kind of weird and so was game one. So I think that's something that you really need to watch out for and you have to figure, you know, maybe it gets corrected or something like that in game three, but I think it's going to be on the NBA's mind and certainly as fans... Here's one thing you guys can do is make it known to the refs about what's going on and boo them tremendously and let them hear it. If the Smoothie King Center needed a reason to be more fired up, it's certainly this. And it's going to work because hopefully this will get the team going. You know, Alvin Gentry, after the game, said he didn't really think it was the lack of free throws that caused him to lose. It was untimely turnovers late in the fourth. That's definitely a thing. Golden State went on a run to end the game, and they just turn around. You turn the ball over once. It's three-pointers or shots at the rim instantly, and they can bury you in a hurry. And Golden State did that in this one. Um, Rajon Rondo said the same thing. Davis was a little bit different in it, saying that he didn't feel that they were taking a lot of jumpers. So this was one where it kind of surprised him a little bit that they weren't getting to the line as much and said, we need to do a better job of that. And yeah, sometimes you can do a better job of trying to draw contact. Drew Holiday in particular moves his body to avoid that. That's how he can finish at the rim uh, is by getting around people, not going through people. So something's got to happen here. And I think it's maybe a mix of the Pelicans needing to do better and some better refing. It's kind of as simple as that. That disparity is too large to ignore. And I said the other day, and I said it on Twitter, that you can't just point to those numbers and say, see, because that doesn't tell the story. You've got to put those numbers in some context. 
But you watch the game and you can see there are times where AD's getting hit and they're not calling stuff on Draymond that they're calling the other way. And that's the context that you need for this. And it was very evident and on display in game two. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Unfortunate outcome for New Orleans down 0-2. But again, as Alvin Gentry said, Golden State has done what they were supposed to do. Simple as that. Now New Orleans needs to do what they were supposed to do and win games two and three and send this series back to Oakland tied at two apiece. And they think that they can do it. And they gave a good punch to the Golden State Warriors in this one. So hopefully they'll be able to do that going forward. And of course, I will be here as always to cover this for you guys, to preview the games, to talk about different things, which we will be doing the next couple of days in anticipation for this home game on Friday. It's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait, and I'm sure you all can't wait as well. So thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 